This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. All right, let's take the Rangers first, Gordon. Okay. Um, They were determined that you and I would work tonight. Good job (laughs) out of them. (laughs) No overtime. They teased us with a 1-1 tie, and then after that, they put the gas pedal to the metal, and they were gone. And and I, I get this. This we gotta send the message for game three with your pitch. We gotta send the message. Don't mess with my goaltender. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? Don't mess with my goaltender. Don't mess with my goaltender. Even though I don't play hockey, I'm not a big time hockey fan. Don't mess with the goal. I get let's upset. do that hockey. I get upset when teams go after the goaltender because you just don't do that. That's that's you don't do that. And trying to send the message. Uh, that's a sign of desperation from Pittsburgh. After being lit up tonight, Gordon. I was very unhappy at that. Very unhappy. Very unhappy. I'm not even a Ranger fan. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe that's a sign that you're getting to them, right? I mean, because the Rangers kept the good things that they did in game one and all the bad things that they did in game one, they flipped the script on, right? They they got the early lead. They came out flying high like they did in game one, but they played far better in the second period. They poured it on in the third, so... You got the even series. Now, maybe there's a part of you that feels like you really blew an opportunity because you could be up 2-0 right now. But coming into the night after losing the way you did and the feeling that I think that there was a good portion of the fan base that felt like, man, that might that could be the series, mm-hmm. losing a triple overtime game, a disallowed goal, all those different type of things, to come out tonight flying high and, and get the win going away makes you feel a whole lot better about 1-1. Gordon, I think the Rangers won this game losing game one. And I mean that in the sense of they realize that you can't take any. This is not the regular season where you could take some time off. You have to continue to pressure your opponent. Every every shift is magnified. Every, every move you make, every save is magnified. This is the playoffs. This is not the regular season. And I think they... They knew, but you don't really know till you're in it, right? And so what they did tonight, as opposed to what they did Tuesday night, was they continued to pressure. They seemed to have paced themselves. They didn't come up. I mean, they came out, you know, ready to play, but they didn't leave it all in the first period, all right? They they saved some. So they were able to, to play well. They were able to play consistently. They were able to continue to pressure. Now, they did have some moments where you're like, okay, look, you guys are getting a little lazy. Come on, snap snap out of it. But for the most part, they learned from their mistake in game one. And what they have to realize now is what they learned tonight, they have to even double that effort the next two games on the road in Pittsburgh. Yeah, because that third period when it opened up the way it did, Rangers had the lead, but the Penguins had like the first eight, nine, ten shots of the third period. And you're thinking to yourself, uh-oh, here we go again. Uh, but Shesterkin has been – I mean, what more can you say about the guy? I think I, I figured it out. I think he is averaging 59 saves a game in the first two games of the series. I mean, he's got 118 saves. Yeah, 118 saves in two games. So uh, if my math is correct. And, you know, my math is always a little shaky, but he has been sensational. They could not solve him late tonight. So, uh, you know, maybe that was a little bit of the frustration of the only way that they real, they realize the only way they're going to beat him, the, the Rangers is by not having to deal with him because he's yeah. uh, he's really set them down pretty well in these first two games. Obviously, they lost the first game, so the Rangers did. So they, they did solve him that game. But even then, he had 79 saves or whatever it was. 
So, I mean, he's he's been good. The, the, the team poured it on tonight. Everything that you could want out of a game two, you got it tonight. And now it's all about game three. The only bad news is, and it was the good news tonight, there's no carryover from these games. Right. There's yep. no carry. You start 0-0 all over yep. again. So, like, the way you lost game one did not carry over into tonight. The way you won game two is not going to carry over into game three. No, it's not. You got to go out there. You got to skate. You got to earn it. Gordon, they're not just dropping the puck and say, okay, you win. You won the last one. We're good. No, you got to go out there. and You have to be as physical and as smart, okay, as you, which means no penalties. You, you, can't, you can't be down the man. This is the postseason. You, you lose games like that. You can't. You've got to stay out of the penalty box. This is a veteran Penguins team that knows how to take advantage of situations when you make mistakes. So you ju- you just can't do that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Game Three, which will be right here on ninety eight seven ESPN. Gordon, I was miserable after the first two innings of the Met game. I'm looking at Tyrone Walker. I'm like, what? He had nothing. The ball's up in the zone. They were hitting it like they knew what was coming. I mean, is he tipping his pitches? What is going on? And listen, I know the Phillies can hit, but in the last series, the Mets kind of held them in check. And they just hit the ball all over. They, 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 they singled them to death. <laughs> they did station-to-station station baseball, and they were just wiping them out. It's 7-0. And I'm like, oh, what is going on? Then it's 7-1, and then, Gordon, we get to the ninth inning, and it's just hit, hit, home run, hit, hit. Wait a minute. It's 7-4? It's 7-6? It's 7-7? Seven, seven. It's 8-7? What, what is going on here? And there was a, an ESPN stat from Stats and Info. Uh, Gordon, <laughs> Unbelievable. And, isn't, isn't it? Unbelievable. But, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, just, I just, when I saw it, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This, this can't possibly, it can't possibly be true. But here it is. The Mets score seven runs in the top of the ninth to come back and beat the Phillies. Prior to tonight, the Mets had lost their last not 10 games, not 100 <laughs> no, games, no. 330 games over the last 25 seasons when trailing by six or more runs earning the final frame. Are you kidding me? Gordon, 330 games in 25 years. You don't get wins like that. No. You don't, you don't get wins like that. No. Ever. According to them, ever do they get wins like that. And, and, and if there had been, I don't know that there was, but if there had been any feeling of after splitting the series against the Braves of, ah, you know what, and then tonight you fall behind early, yeah, maybe the, maybe the early season magic might be wearing off a little bit. Maybe we have to be prepared that it's not going to be as easy and as magical as it's been here for the first three weeks of the season. And then you go out tonight and uh, look, <laughs> up to this point, the win of the season of any team. Like, to, to rally like that in the ninth thing. Joe Girardi, oh. who's been managing teams forever, said, you know, outside of the playoffs, this is probably the worst loss he's ever suffered. It's not what you want to see. It's not. It isn't. And he had a front row seat. What was he doing? Did he have nobody else left in his bullpen? You know, yesterday we're killing Buck for not having a better plan for the bullpen just because Adovino didn't. What was Girardi doing just allowing Knable to just stay in that game where it was clear he was not getting anybody out? Nope. Nope. Not at all. It wasn't like a walk, a bloop hit, and a three-run home run. No. 
It wasn't a bloop and a blast. No, it was not. It was, <laughs> was it was rocket base hit. The home run by Lindor was a was a rocket home run. Yep. And I thought that that was when I was watching the ninth inning. I said, "Well, all right, you lose the game, but at least you get Lindor going. He'd been known yeah, for exactly. what seventeen, eighteen, whatever it was." That's what I'm looking at, Gordon. You're right. right. I'm thinking, you know, at least they didn't die. They, you know, yeah, they they're, they're putting up some fight. And then they just took the fight right to the Philly. Oh my god, that is just such a horrendously bad oh. loss. Seven runs on nine hits on 29 pitches. That's what it came out to. Wow. I mean, you. that's that's a whip. I mean, if, if you're struggling, that's a win that you go back in the highlights at the end of the year <laughs> for the season. And you're like, you know, let's see what happens after this, because this is a memorable part of the season. And, you know, they've played well, but to. To be able to do something like that, and this is the second game similar to this, Gordon. I mean, they just did that to the Cardinals a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, uh, it does. I know that it's been brought up before. You know, something just kind of feels different this year. Mm -hmm. It feels different. Um, And you you get wins like this, it's going to feel different because these do do not happen. Forget about just the Mets. These don't happen to anybody. No. Teams don't just come back in the ninth (laughs) inning like this. No. So an incredible win. And now – you go from, all right, dropping this one, but you got Max Scherzer going to the mound tomorrow. Now you won this one, and you got Max Scherzer going to the mound yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and as you mentioned earlier, just in the back of your mind, okay, wait a minute now. We just lost it. We split with Atlanta. We've owned the Phillies. Now here we go getting wiped out by them. Is things starting to turn? What Scherzer going to be tomorrow? You know, Lindor struggling, hadn't had a hit. He was like 0 for 17 or something like that before he had the home run. You know, what's going on? You know, here we go. Nope. We're ready to go. We're good to go. We're rolling. We're rolling, baby. Yeah. That is I, as that is as Gordon, I can't tell you what kind of win that is. That that's <laughs> that is it <laughs> almost defy it's almost like you can't even describe you it. Can't. Like after the game, can't. um Nemo was kinda he was trying to find the words to describe we'll it, but it. it's just so miraculous that I don't know that you can properly describe it in words. No, I agree. I agree. And the unsung heroes, and um, you know, as Buck Showalter did, of course, um, he started out with the guys who came in, came out of the bullpen to keep it close, mm-hmm. to shut That's them down. True, yeah, absolutely. You know, because if they don't do that, and then Mr. Diaz lights out, ah, uh, pointing up, and it was okay. He pointed up, and it was a foul ball. It I was. got concerned every time he points up. I get concerned, Gordon. Because he has a bad sense of direction. The wind blows differently than mm-hmm. <laughs> than his fingers when he holds them up in the air. But he's been he's been good. I can't complain. What can I say? They've been good. They've been good. Big win tonight, Gord. Oof, oh, it's unbelievable. Huge, huge. Completely changes the uh, the feeling of the series, right? I mean, oh, like absolutely. you know, you lose that game, you, you split against the Braves, disappointing homestand, even though it was four and three, and then all of a sudden you, you go out there and you do this in the ninth inning when it seemed like you were dead. And and tonight, even if you had lost the game seven whatever, mm-hmm. you know the Phillies they, they they talked about it on the broadcast. They're very boomer bust, right? Some yeah. when it clicks, it clicks really well for them, and they score a ton of runs. But then there's a bunch of nights where they don't score any runs. Mm-hmm. I think they've scored. They've had as many games of scoring one or fewer runs as they've had seven or more. Yep. So you think, all right, well, this is just one game that they clicked. And then even when their offense does click, because they're a flawed team, they're not a good defensive team, their bullpen obviously has issues. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> even then, they don't get the win. So that is no. that is as great a win as it is for the Mets. 
it is an oh. absolute gut punch of a loss for the Phillies. And I don't know that you necessarily can have gut punching losses on what is this, May 5th, May 6th, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Well, May 5th, but yeah. if there ever was one, oh my this is gosh, it. that was it. This that is was what it, it looks tonight. like. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is what it looks like. You know what? Joey G may have to have a little late Cinco de Mayo when he gets home. He might. Have, he might have to have a little late Cinco de Mayo. I mean, he, he, he's due. He's allowed. He's allowed. This is, this is, I mean, how do you, the only thing I can say is if you're Philly, thank goodness you come back to the ballpark tomorrow. Because if you had a day off to, to oh, stew, to on, stew this, on that, oof. Oh. the only negative, when Lindor hit the home run, I took a look at the old FanDuel app. Uh-oh. And the Mets were plus 1,200. So for a dollar, you'd win 12. For mm-hmm. 10, you'd win 120 bucks. Right. I tried to get a bet in, and I could not. I, my fat fingers couldn't get me signed <laughs> in in time. And then all of a sudden, it was like suspended, and you couldn't bet. And then, they, then it just happened so fast. That, you know, there, was no, there, was not, there was nothing that could be salvaged. But um, yeah, yeah great one for the It was gone so quick. You oh, man. We couldn't figure oh. out a line. <laughs> no. My, the, my dumb fat fingers. I, I, I just could not get uh, the password in quick enough. I mean, could you imagine what the could you imagine what the line would be that you could? Well, have, as you said, Larry, it hasn't happened in twenty five years for the Mets. Can you imagine what that would have been? Oh man, it'd be a nice, uh, nice Mother's Day gift for the wife. Well, no, they, they, maybe she might not have found out. You know, I might have kept that one to myself. <laughs> might have kept that one under wraps. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, you know, Father's Day's coming. <laughs> right. Oh, come, look, Father's Day. There's a comedian. I don't know his name. And he does a rap about how Mother's Day is one thing and Father's Day and, and Father's Day is behind Arbor Day. I don't even know what Arbor Day is. <laughs> so, yeah, Mother's Day yeah, this, this, it gets a little bit more attention than Father's Day. There's no question it does. There's no question about it. 1-800-919-3776. Give us a call. I want to hear from you about this big Met win. want to hear from those of you who are at the Garden. Watching that Rangers win, give us a feel of what it was like. It was, it was intense, Gordon. Early. Oh my gosh, it they was were really intense. They were banging bot- the boards. The boards are like they must have uniform ink on them <laughs> when people were being slammed into the boards. It was a physical match, and it, it was, was really loud. I mean, maybe it's just the the TV the way it makes it seem, but it seemed like it was loud. They, were, I mean, for oh. any thought that they might be. You know, not fully uh, ready to go. The fans, I mean, mm-hmm. after the way the game one went, that was that was put aside pretty quickly because it seemed like they were loud and in charge and ready to roll from the uh, opening puck drop. I think uh, this means that Aaron Judge has to come to all the home games. Maybe, maybe he did a great job by being there. He did a nice job. Nice job supporting the team. Absolutely. Jordan, uh, Joe Fontenbaugh who is one of our ESPN sports betting analysts, Okay, had this tweet. <laughs> you ready? Yep. Philly stink. <laughs> Time Deep to start analysis preparing. there. Yep. Time to start preparing for the inevitable birds hype, which will die sometime around week six, thus sending us into Sixers hype. It's a circle of death, and it never ends. Hashtag bums. Not good. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a that. I mean, look, it is only May, right? So there's there's time to recover from that. It's not October. It's not playoffs. But yeah, that's that's a tough one, tough one to overcome. 
what it when it's a when it's a rival too. You know, oh, it's a team that, in your division. Oh, if absolutely. you're the Phillies, you want to you're you're if you're a Philly fan, you're sick of hearing about the Mets hot start and the mm-hmm. Mets this great this and this great yep. that and 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 yep. you're a Philly fan, so you're already you hate life. So <laughs> you 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 wanted to snuff that out first game of the series. Oh, blowing them out right away, and then it just all all falls apart. Wow. Can you imagine what Andrew Gunley is going through right now? That is a that's a rough one. That's a not tough one good. To take. No, it's rough. It's rough. Let's go to the phones. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. By the way, Fulton Ball sounds like he bet on this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think you really have to, you know, tie the strings together too tightly to figure that one out. I think he had. I think he had some shekels. I think he lost shekels on this one tonight. Mm. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Robbie, start us off on ninety eight seventy ESPN. Hey, Larry. Gordon, always good to talk to you. Yeah, I'm glad your Mets won tonight. I heard they came back. Uh, he's just telling me on the phone. So, uh, good for the Mets. Yeah, they have good chemistry this year. I think they need one more bat, but I want to talk about the Ranger game. The Rangers make me nervous as hell, guys. <laughs> Larry, I'm telling you. Larry, I've, seen, I've watched almost every game or listened to the radio almost every game, and I had Donnie on the radio with Dave, and I had Kenny on the TV, but I was slipping nice. back and forth between the two of them. It was kind of funny, you know. But... Uh, the Rangers in the third period, you can't keep sitting back. This has been a bad habit for this team. I feel like I'm watching Henrik Lundqvist all over again. Now I'm watching Sisterkin stand on his head. It's like mm-hmm. you got to play in the other team's zone. Stop playing scared. Stop playing not to lose. Go and play forward. When they say all the time, oh, we're protecting the lead by making them go 200 feet, stop protecting the lead by running around in your own zone. So to me, you know, some good things tonight. You know, mm-hmm. I thought Kreider had a good game. I thought I thought Frankie V had a good game tonight. But it's got to get better. The, the gap play has got to get better. Forechecking has got to get better. I tell you, win or lose in this series, Larry, um, the, the Rangers have to get bigger. They have to get better in front of their net. There's got to be net presence, but not only in front of their net, but in front of the other team's net. But I'll let you comment on what you thought tonight. But uh, – Look, you know, they've been a good road team, but they just have to gap play, you know, has to be better. You can't let Crosby. you got to hit Crosby. Enough is enough. You know, I'm telling you, George Gallant, he seems like too nice a guy to me sometimes, you know. Yeah, you I notice, you guys, yeah, yeah. You ever notice, too, he's always sniffling like he's got a cold all the time. But every, <laughs> it's cold on the that? ice, Robbie. It's cold. It's cold down there, ice level. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Listen, Robbie, you won the game. Okay? You won the game. I know yeah, I listen to Robbie. Game. You think okay. that they were down 0-2. I mean, it's okay, Robbie. Yeah, next year they'll make some adjustments. Let's enjoy this season, okay? Yeah, you want them to be. They're a young team. They have to get into the flow of winning and understanding what it takes to win. And this is how you learn, okay? You're right. There's some things they need to improve on. They'll take care of it. Just relax. It's okay. And and now you know the series is is coming back to the Garden, right? Absolutely. That's right. So that's another good thing. Definitely. Jefferson Westport. Hey, Jeff, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. How are you? I was at the Garden tonight. It was electric. It was awesome. Excellent. All true Ranger fans. You know, it was, uh, it was so loud you could barely hear uh, the whistles. Good. That's what we like to hear. Now, for yeah. you, what, what did you think of the game? What did you like best? Um, Other than the win, uh, obviously. I liked, you know, they, they came out aggressive. They were hitting hard. Um, I mean, bodies were flying. The place, which just lit up the garden. Um, what I didn't like was that Crosby was just dancing around all by himself all night long, unchecked. Mm. And he had so many chances that, uh, thank God, he didn't uh, capitalize on. So, I mean, that's the one negative. But I got to say, I mean, 
we were up close and personal, and it was just it was amazing. It's one of the best nights, and uh, glad to see these guys put a thump to them. Um, you know, during the regular season, it was really chippy with the with the Penguins, and, and it, it started to get that way at the end. And it was interesting; they had Reeves on for most of the last three minutes just to make sure uh, you know no one took a shot at one of our guys. Absolutely. That was a good thing, Jeff. Thanks for the phone call. Making sure order is restored, Gordon. You know, you want Reeves out there to just make sure everything, people understand what's going on. But once again, I said it earlier, Gordon, I'm going to say it again. Don't mess with my goaltender. I don't like it. Yeah, when you first went down, the first thing you think, uh uh-oh. Oh Here we boy. go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How, how can a 5-2 win to even up the series go wrong? Oh, that's how it can, right? Absolutely. I mean, that, that would have been uh, – but I think, he was, I think he was fine. I think he was just, you know, yeah, maybe playing I mean, it up t- a little bit and then you – know, Taking a breather. Was, yeah, he was taking a little breather, I mean, and he deserves one, right? I mean, he's been, you know, what, he's 119 been shots in two Right, <laughs> exactly. 118. Don't, don't give him too many now. 118. Well, you know, geez, he deserves a timeout. Mark's and Wayne. What's up, Mark? You're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks very much for having me, and uh, also thanks very much for talking hockey. Appreciate it. Um, season ticket holder for 30, over 35 years. Mm. Really enjoyed the atmosphere tonight. Nice to have a sellout. And uh, just wanted to say that um, what you guys said in response to the first caller about this game is really true. At the beginning of this season, we had no expectations for this team. We were hoping that they were going to make the playoffs and look at what they've accomplished. At this point, we have some really fine players, but we also have some young kids. And those young kids are learning. And I love what our coach did tonight. He had the kid line in for a good portion of the third period. He had them playing against Crosby. He was teaching them what it's all about to be in the playoffs. This is how this team learns, picks up. They might not make the Stanley Cup Finals this year. I don't think anybody's expecting that. But they're going to learn from this. They're going to get better each year. Love what's going on in New York. I hear you, Mark. Thanks for the phone call. You know, Gordon, we we talk about this a lot in sports, right? And we talk about how teams have to learn how to win and how teams have to learn how to understand what the playoffs are like. And every year, the further you go, it's, it's it's a different experience. It's more pressure and everything. And when you have the young players that this team has, you got some veterans sprinkled in. But when you got the young players like this, and you got a coach who who knows what it takes, and puts and has a, done a decent job, I think, putting people in the right positions to win, this is how this is as good as it gets. Because you can't buy this experience, Gordon. You can't substitute it. You can't talk to them about it. You have to skate it. You have to play. You have to play on the football field. You got to play on the basketball court. You got to skate on the ice. This is how you learn how to win and how to not make mistakes. And this is going to be the key thing for this young group, right? The mistakes you made in game one, you didn't make as many in game two, you win. Now there's things you have to work on, and you know going on the road, you can't make it in game three, clearly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, I think this is the start of it for this group. I know they have some some veterans, but this is – as the caller said, this was not really expected coming into the year. So there is going to be a growing process, and uh, hopefully, the growing process started with game one. <laughs> yes, and, and they certainly picked it up. All you know, as I said, I think they 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 kept all the good things that they had in game one with the, the hot start and coming around flying, and then they just kept it up, unlike game one. So hopefully, this is a good sign for the series going to Pittsburgh. Now you got to go get one there. Absolutely, and all you need is one. <laughs> course earlier today on the Michael K show Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 here on 98.7 ESPN Aaron Boone was on the show and so we'll hear what he had to say 
his jaw was tight last night, Gore, when he got thrown out of that game. He was, whoa. I haven't seen Aaron that heated in a while. What? Well, I mean, he is a guy, if you love him or hate him, he does stick up for his players. He and does. unfortunately, in Aaron Judge's career, he has gotten more. You, you would think that people would have adjusted to the size of him by now. But even now, his strike zone is even bigger than him. And he's enormous. But the, the, especially the low strikes, he gets called a ton of low strikes. And you would think as a superstar player, at some point that would correct itself. But it has not. So I, he had... It was not just Judge last night. It was not just the Yankees last night. That umpire was, was not. Marty Foster, I think, is, is who it was, um, was not very good. It was not. It was, he was all over the place. Some pitches that were strikes were balls sometimes. Sometimes there were strikes. He was completely inconsistent. And uh, Boone had a reason to be ticked off. I mean, I understand belt and knees. But Aaron Judge, these were at his, this was at his shins. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, just, it's very frustrating. And look, unfortunately – it's it's amazing how baseball can do this to itself. The the broadcasts now using the box to show you just how bad the umpire. We always kind of knew it was kind of bad, mm-hmm. but now it's so glaring every single pitch. You know that, uh, that that's wrong. This is wrong. That's wrong. And uh, look, I'm in favor of an electronic strike zone anyway. But especially after you saw what that umpire did with Madison Bumgarner. Oh, yeah. Exactly. There has to be. How has – maybe I missed it. Has Major League Baseball come out and said anything about that yet? Haven't seen the thing. How is that possible? Haven't seen the thing. That was one of your game officials clearly baiting a player on a, on a team during the game that fans paid to go watch. He clearly baited him and kicked him out of the game. And now with all this, all the gambling stuff, I mean, mm-hmm. how am I not supposed to think that, right? Right, yeah. You're right. And, and baseball has not come out and said anything about that that was unacceptable by one of their umpires? And the worst thing you can have in any sport is questions on the legitimacy of what's going on. How, how can I it. not? How can I not make that connection? How could you? You're right. I mean, he I, stared at him. Go ahead, say something. Oh, clearly he was waiting for him to say anything and hold, and like touching his hand was very weird. It was very uncomfortable to watch, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Bumgarner actually was like it, – it, it, was, it wasn't like he was – it wasn't like that there was a confrontation that both were ready for. Mm-mm. It, the, the umpire was ready for a confrontation and sparked a confrontation. Yeah. But Bumgarner was – he had his hand there for a long time. He's got to be like – what are What's you doing? On? What are you doing? What? Yeah. Either either weird. it's there or it's not. I mean, if you keep oh digging, when you go to try to find something, right? And intentionally threw, went into a sparked a, confer- a, a, a confrontation so he could throw a player out of a game intentionally. That was that was his intent going into mm-hmm. it because yep. I, it didn't seem like from the replays. And trust me, I've watched the replays fifty times. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like Bumgardner threw the f bomb and then no. he threw him out. No, nope. it just seemed like he was like saying, "What are you? What are you doing?" And, and, and right the, away, the umpire was ready for it. And what was so glaring, Gordon? We get to the calls in a second. What was so glaring was the expression on the umpire's face. Oh, it told you everything you needed to know. Remember when your mom said the eyes don't lie? Mm. His eyes did not lie. <laughs> yeah. He, I, don't, I don't think that umpire anticipated the fact that the camera was going to see that he was not looking at his hand at all. 
the Not entire time he was looking at Bumgardner's face. Mm-hmm. And how Major League Baseball could not come out and put out some sort of state. I know that the umpires are, are, you know, there's a union. I'm sure there's some sort of rules that they can't do this or do that. Mm-hmm. But you have to say something. We've all been talking about it for 24 hours now. That's right. You're right. Absolutely right. I love to see that umpire in uh, Max Scherzer, who's not a big fan of checking <laughs> for what's going on with the pitchers. Yeah. That could be something interesting. And it just shows you that, that, that baseball umpires more so, you know, we give all officials of every sport, ah, these guys are the worst, this guy's the worst, that guy's the worst. No one looks for confrontations more than baseball umpires. Have you ever seen a NFL official like go and instigate a, a fight with a coach no. or a player or anything like that ever? No, you don't see it. And why, you know, the, the umpires will tell you, well, you know, we have to make sure that we have control of the game. So you're saying the officials in the NFL don't have to have control of the game? Mm-hmm. The officials in hockey don't have to have control of the game? Officials in the NBA don't have to have control of the game? Only baseball has to have such control of the game that on a nightly basis, they are throwing people out of games because of confrontations with the umpires. Yeah. Seems kind of hard to believe. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, it isn't because you see it all the time. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> you see it all the time. Back to the phones we go. Sam is in Brooklyn. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? As Stephen A. would say that was egregious. It was egregious <laughs> what that umpire did. But anyway, um, I want to talk about the Rangers. Listen, they everybody's talking about the pickups at the trade deadline. Listen, the biggest pickup the Rangers did was was Gallant as their coach before the season started. Because it, it can you imagine what David what, what Quinn would have done if if you know uh, um, uh, Nemeth you know with the two penalties he wouldn't have seen the ice today. It would have been Lebo Hayek out there. It was terrible. But that's just the way Quinn is. You know Quinn couldn't figure out that if you put, put Kreider in front of the net he's going to score goals easily. You know, he, he he would do it occasionally last year. But, you know, Gallant's not a perfect coach, but I, I really do admire the job he's done uh, with these Rangers. You know, they always come back. They get they get beat, they come back. They get beat, they come back. You know, they don't stay down. And so I, I give like, a lot of credit to, to Gallant. You know what, Sam? And thanks for the phone call. It looks like, and once again, I'm just looking at it from the periphery. I don't know. I'm not invested. But it just looks like he was the perfect guy for this team, Gordon. It's a guy who's experienced with a young team, and you wonder how that match that that's going to work, right? The other team, their 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 co-tenant at the Garden in Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks, he handles rookies a little differently, young players a little differently than Gallant does, and you you could just see that he appears to have been with the success they've had this year, the right guy for the job to work with these kids. Just looks like it. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not watching the Rangers on a nightly basis. The Rangers were not very good under Quinn, so it was not like I had to be focused in on them as much as they are. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes it's a change of, it's a change of personality, and 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 that clearly has worked out pretty well for the Rangers so far. Definitely has. John's in Brooklyn. What's up, John? Hey, fellas, thank you for taking my call. Appreciate it. Hey, John. Uh, what I. To kind of go off of what the last caller said, I mean, um, if you watch game one, they came out really, really hot, the Rangers did, and then they got bullied in the second period. They got pushed all over the ice, uh, and it was a war of attrition after that to 
stay in the game with Pittsburgh after that. And so what I was looking for this evening from them was a response to that second period yesterday more than anything else. And what Pittsburgh tried to do in the first period was tonight is a lot of what they tried to do yesterday in the second period. Uh, they tried to bully the Rangers in what I saw, and this goes off of all the points that were made very recently about Galan, is that there were adjustments made that I was very appreciative of as a Rangers fan to see how they they, they responded to the physicality. Um, I, I think this, team, this group is – is much more talented than the Pittsburgh Penguins, but they are not experienced in the same way that the Pittsburgh Penguins are. So to watch them tonight comprehensively manage the game after getting hit in the mouth in the second period on uh, in game one, and then that's what Pittsburgh tried to do from the get tonight. It was It was refreshing to see them take those hits and then comprehensively manage the game from then on out. I think I think the Rangers were in control tonight, which was what I really what I wanted to see. So thanks for taking my call. You got it, John. Thanks for the phone call. If you're a Ranger fan, it has to be a little bit of fun, Gordon, watching your team get this experience and grow before your eyes and, and watch them learn how to go along that path. And it doesn't mean that they're going to win this series or it doesn't mean if they advance, they're going to win the next series. But as I said earlier, it's watching your team come of age. It's watching how they learn to perform together, and it's just watching how they grow. Now, <laughs> let me ask you this question because I, I don't know, um, and I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I mean they were doing it against a third string goaltender, and the guy looked like a third string goal. Unlike the other night, where he looked like uh, he looked like uh, you know Patrick Roy coming in uh, completely cold tonight. He looked mm-hmm. like a little bit of a third string goaltender. Are they expected to get? Uh, the kid uh, DeSmith back for game three. Do we know that yet? We don't know that yet, Gordon. As far as I know, we don't know that yet. And understanding how the playoffs are, we may not know till Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, listen, if I'm the Penguins head coach, I'm not telling you who's going to be. In no, game. and they're very, they're very secretive <laughs> with that type of stuff. And they probably, you know, they yeah. probably should be. Yeah. Um, there's no reason to give more information. Oh, we're going to be facing so-and-so. Oh, great. Well, yeah. I mean, no, you want to find out and keep yeah. that as, as close to the vest as you can. But, yeah, but I, I was don't just know. wondering if – I know, what was it, a lower body injury? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I know that there was some speculation it was his ankle, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't know if it was the type of thing that they were expecting him back quickly or not. But, yeah. you know, you, I, I think you'd have to feel pretty good about your chances if he continues to sit out. Mm-hmm. That, that's got yep. to boost your, your confidence of, of winning the series the, the longer he's does. gone. Yeah. It definitely does. It, it boosts your confidence, but uh, you have to take advantage of it, right? That's the other side of it. Yeah, okay, you have the, you didn't take advantage of it in game one. You took advantage of it in game two, but now they're going to make adjustments to have to protect him a little bit more, which means you're going to have to be a bit more aggressive, Gordon. Then They're not going to sit back and let you – they're going to see how you scored, and they're going to try to take those things away from you. So you're going to have to come up with something else. It's going to be interesting to see all the adjustments that are made for game three. Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, So I wanted to talk about the Mets. I wanted to talk about the Rangers, and I kind of wanted to talk about the umpires. Go. The big thing with the the umpires is they get to control the whole game. I umpire youth baseball all the time. I deal with a lot of BS, a a lot of people that, you know, that play me a lot and they try and get 
to try and get under my skin, and sometimes I call pitchers because of it. Uh, that's not the right way to do it in the major leagues. These guys should be penalized. If I have a bad game and I screw up, I don't get to do the game, right? Um, but I don't want to talk about that anymore. I want to talk about the Rangers. Gallant and, and Buck Showalter have a lot in common. They took mm. a job where there was an unsatisfactory coach leading the way, and they, they made professional athletes act like professionals. And when you have young guys and you have guys that need to perform, you need, you need a guy that's going to take control, take the reins, and is going to control the locker room and get the most out of his players. A year ago, you would never see the Mets come back from a 7-1 game. It's unheard of. It would never happen. The Rangers, it wouldn't have, they would not have stepped up if David Quinn was still the, man, the, the, the coach. So when you get competent guys, Larry, we talked about this before when you covered for Dave that time. You got to get the right guys in the building. You got to get the right guys on the ice and on the field. And the coach will always will always prevail if if he could get the locker room to do what he wants. But thanks for taking my call. You got uh, it, Lou. Hope hope you appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Lou. Thanks for checking in, Gordon. You said the Mets haven't done it last year. I haven't done it for twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of managers in that span. But you know what? I would be curious, and we we'll get back to the phones in a second. I would be curious, Gordon, if because I know from having covered baseball, there's normally um, a representative from the umpires that sits up in the press box, and they monitor. They monitor what the umpire does. They monitor how effective they are with balls and strikes, and they make up reports. And I wonder how the grades affect how managers are assigned. Like we hear about it in the NBA and the NFL all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? When, when, when officials don't perform well, they don't get to, to, to officiate the Super Bowl. Okay, They don't, they don't get to officiate a, a conference final in, in that situation. So I just wonder what happens to umpires when they're graded and what would happen to that umpire now in that scenario, what happened with, with Bumgarner? It feels like nothing ever happens to them. I mean, the fact that the fact that Angel Hernandez is still an umpire tells yeah. you. I mean, he's but not a good not. umpire, and 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 it's not it's not. Oh, you're a Yankee fan or you're a Met fan. The players on the team, CC Sabathia, has been retired for how many years now? Six, seven years. Yeah, yeah it's been a while. He was saying it when he was still playing. He's not a good umpire. He's terrible, mm-hmm. and yet he's still an umpire. So it just feels like. If the, there should be some repercussions, and as I said earlier, in the confrontation with with Bumgardner, maybe there are repercussions that we just don't know about. And for the fact that, that Major League Baseball doesn't come out and and something that's been viral here for the last day and a half, and say that that kind of behavior is unacceptable, is um, it, unacceptable. Is, <laughs> it is unacceptable, right? It's it's laughable. It is. It's it's baseball. Unfortunately, it's baseball. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, my guys? How you doing tonight? Buddha. Hey, listen, before I get into this Sixers debacle, which got, <laughs> like, horribly worse today. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I can't wait to talk about that. But I'm going to give you one. Like, I got to chime in, and everybody's been talking about the topic of the night, the Rangers. But I watch maybe, like, 10 games a year. I'm not going to lie. You know, but in the playoffs, I'm locked to you-know-what in. And, um, you know, the difference I saw between the first game and tonight you know, they spent a little bit more time in the Penguins zone. But more importantly, there was a less disparity in shots on goal. You know, the Pens have 41, the Rangers have 40. You know, Shesterkin, he doesn't stand on his head, but he's pretty effective. I mean, you know, whatever the next rung under that is, I guess that's where he's at. But, um, you know, listen, McCarter, that was a dirty play, man. Mm-hmm. That was a dirty play. 
It was an unnecessary play. You know, the game was within hand. And, um, you know, I thought he had a concussion, man, when he, the way he went down, the way he stayed down there like that. So I was glad he got back up. But, um, you know, when they go to Pittsburgh, there's going to have to be a little bit of retribution. So you hope that they're up. <laughs> you, yeah. you hope that they're up in the third period so you can send the goon squad in there. Because he tried to do that at the end there. But it mm-hmm. wasn't enough time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like a lot. But, um, listen, all right, oh, you know, fun stuff aside, man. Oh, my God, man. I don't know if you heard that Doc Rivers soundbite. When he was talking about how he spoke to Joel, he said, listen, <laughs> we have FaceTime. It's a new generation. You know, I don't know why we have to do FaceTime. And he's got so many steps he's got to go through. You know, when I listen to that, I interpret that as Doc is tired and he's ready to get out of there at this point. Because you know how coaches, either you always get another job, especially with the amount of teams that end up firing somebody in the NBA every year. But, you know, if I'm the owner of Harris, I'm telling Maury straight up and down, you know, listen, there's no discussion. Don't even present to me anything about Hart. <laughs> We're trading him next year, or he plays out wherever he's at, and that's it. Um, Doc's got to go for the reason I spoke to you before. He's just, there's a certain point, like, when you listen to what Doc's been saying and everything like that, like, like he's coming out of, like, his character. Whenever you're like that on the job, we've all been there. You know, it's just time to go. You know what I mean? It's time to go. It's time to find a new spot. But, you know, this stuff they're talking about, about um, let's trade uh, Maxi. And see if we can get it. No, mm. we're not trading him at all, man. We're keeping him, you know. And and I'm gonna tell you something else. If I'm the owner, I'm gonna tell you this one I'm talking about right now. I'm thinking future wise. Even if they beat Miami, like let's say Joel Embiid comes back and he's phenomenal, and they beat Miami, you're not winning the next series. No. So you know, as much as he gets hurt in the playoffs, which is a problem for him, you know. Let's be honest. You know, he likes to blame other people for stuff too. But dude, you're always hurt in the postseason. But I'm not even putting him back in there now. What yeah. is the point? The yeah. risk versus reward doesn't make any sense. I hear what you're saying, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. But you, you, you have to put him in. You have to put him in. You, you, you have to for the competitiveness of, of your fan base. And I understand what you're saying. If he can go and give you anything, Gordon, he's got to play in game three. Okay? If he doesn't play well, you sit him, and, and then you don't play him. you don't put him back. But he's... He's the only chance you have at this point of being able to move on. You got to give him a shot. Yeah, I mean, if they're down 0-3, though, not 0-3. Yeah, and it does. It, I mean, they've ruled him out, even though they're they're putting it in terminology like, "Well, we're ruling him out, but we're still kind of holding out some hope." Yeah. If he doesn't play Game Three and they lose Game Three, and I, then I saw I, a then stat, I wouldn't bring him back. I wouldn't bring him the, in. The Heat have you. never lost a playoff series when they've been up 2-0, and the Sixers have never won a playoff series when they're down 2-0. So it doesn't doesn't look. No, it doesn't look very good. That's why Buddha's a little uh, upset. Yeah, for all the time we spent talking about the Nets and Sixers trade, and how it's yeah. going to change this and change that. It hasn't changed anything. It hasn't Both changed of them anything. about to go no. home. Yeah. <laughs> one's yeah. home and one, 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 one got swept in the first round, and one's about to get swept in the second round. Amazing. See ya. That's right. On both of them. Richardson, Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. Hi, Larry. Hi, Gordon. Hey, a couple things. First of all, uh, Saturday, what a day for sports. I mean, we got the Kentucky Derby, we got the Mets, we got the Yankees, and we got the two best NBA playoff games, Boston-Milwaukee and Memphis-Golden State. So five five good events going on Saturday. We'll be busy this Saturday. You better be uh, busy Saturday, Richard, because Sunday's Mother's Day. you got nothing to do. No, Sunday's a little tougher. Uh, as far as uh, 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 the Rangers, 
Yes. I mean, let's be real about this. This is a third-string goalie we're playing against, mm-hmm. an aging team with a third-string goalie. As great as they were, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they are an aging team. We've got a fresher team, a young young team with young legs, so we should be able to take care of these guys. So. We should, but you, yeah, know, you got to yeah. give them their respect. Richard, that's they're, true. They're still that's tough. true. And don't forget, we haven't won a series in five years, so mm. it's a pretty big thing. But let, let, you know, let's let's keep it in perspective. We still yep. got to keep playing. You know. Absolutely. All right. Now, fellas, let me ask you. This just came up in the Yankee game last Sunday. They're trailing by a run, sixth inning. At they're away. They're away from Yankee Stadium. I forgot who they were playing. So it's late in the game. They're down by a run. I think it was one nothing or two to one. Top of the six, Yankees are the visiting team. They're up. They are first and second, nobody out. Now, for the past 15 years, all I'm hearing is analytics. You don't bunt. You don't hit and run. You don't steal. You don't give up and out. I understand all of this. I understand that I don't agree with it. I think there's intrinsic value bunting the ball and letting the other team handle the ball. Errors can be made, misplaced. A lot of things can happen. Plus, the worst that can happen is you get the sacrifice bunt down and you go second and third and one out. Anyway, let's revisit analytics. Baseball now, it's a known fact. The batting averages are down from 255 to I think it's 238 now. So batting averages are way down. Home runs are way down. Now, Analytics has to be recalculated because there are lower number of homers and lower batting averages. Why not the bunt from now on? Why not with first and second trailing late in the game by a run? I think it's the feasible move. What do you guys say on this? Always a pleasure, guys. All right, Richard. Thanks for checking in. I I think it really depends on your personnel. Exactly. It it can't be just a a blanket thing and – You know, you're talking about offense being down, the numbers being down. That the analytic crowd will say, "Well, then, if if all those things are down, then why am I giving up an out mm-hmm. in that situation? I only have 27 of them to, to to play with. Why would I be giving up an extra? And that's kind of where it came from. Why would I give up an an extra out if I can get a base hit? And I believe that my team, especially the Yankees, I, I, it depends on who's hitting, right? Right. If it's if it's Kiner Falefa or if it's Higashioka, okay, maybe then. Mm-hmm. But if it's one of the top seven guys. You know, I, I don't really want even Glaber Tor. I don't want Joey Gallo trying to bunt. Nope. Nope. It's not happening. And and beside, I mean, you know, it depends on what baseballs we're using this month. <laughs> yeah, another thing. I mean, baseball, it's amazing how they could just put their foot in it. Every, I mean, it's unbelievable. It is. You know, next month they might decide, oh, the weather's warmer. Let's get the other baseballs out. People get are complaining there's not enough home runs. The, the, the networks want more home runs. All right, here we go, guys. Yeah, that's all right, give, give me the crate. The commissioner calls uh, the X, the, the box with the X on them. That section. Yeah. They, they have These dimples the on the side. Now, and they're baby. flying out like golf balls. That's right. These are the ones we want. These are the ones. They're juiced. Oh, I'm sorry. We can't say that. No, heaven forbid. This is ESPN New York tonight.